Hello, everybody. Welcome to the happiest pod on earth. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Ariel. And we're Disney fans, but we're really so much more than that. Yep. I'm an educator who uses passions and fandoms to help my students grow and learn about themselves and the world around them. And as for myself, I'm a licensed therapist who uses clients' passions and fandoms to help them grow and heal from trauma and obtain mental wellness. Happiest Pod is a place where we dissect Disney mediums with a critical lens. Why do we do this? Because just like you, we are more than just fans. We expect more from the mediums that we consume every day. So, Steph, what Disney medium or experience are we dissecting today? Today, we are talking about Black Widow, the movie that we have been waiting for for so, so long. I feel like not only because the pandemic made it longer, I feel like we've been waiting for this for, what is it, more than a decade now. Marvel celebrated its 10-year when again? Like a year ago? Yeah, at least that that long. Yeah. I mean, when they took that picture, Scarlett Johansson had brown hair. Yes, yes. (laughs) She had had long brown hair. So (laughs) definitely not Endgame. She didn't have the short blonde bob, right? No, no. She had, I mean, she changes her hair all the time, but (laughs) I don't remember seeing that after or before I saw the 10-year anniversary. But Black Widow back to the movies marvel really stated that this was their big return to the movies and how did you feel about that yeah i was actually really excited i genuinely miss our um theater experiences um uh what in the before times (laughs) we used to get those midnight showings we would we would Uh stay up late we would stay all the way to the end credits to make Mm -hmm. sure we got every scene that they put in there and every easter egg and um, I often I would rent an entire row, mm-hmm. and so it was it was a gang of us. Like yeah. the, we had we had the squad, twenty yep. thirty seats. Um, we would it was great. Hang out beforehand, have hang dinner, beforehand. some drinks pregame, <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. like we were tailgating for a game or you know pregaming before a concert. We treated it exactly like that. So I'm sure many of you guys did the same thing, preparing for. All of these movie releases, these Marvel releases that were so important to us, are so important to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's so it was it was nice to sort of have that back, but yeah. not really. And um uh since since I lost I last saw this movie versus like what's happening now, um, the LA has mask orders again. Um <laughs> yep. uh and wearing them inside. We uh, mm-hmm. were that Delta variant is no joke. Yep. So no this joke. was a pause in the pandemic <laughs> that I got to embrace. A hard pause. A pause that I thought was going to be a longer pause, but, you know, we we had a little too much hope for that. But um, I know both Ariel and I saw Black, the- Black Widow in theaters, but we saw it separately due mm-hmm. to our schedules and um, everything else that's going on in our lives. So... Mm-hmm. We would like to share with you guys our two very different experiences, <laughs> apparently, of going back to the movies. Because, I mean, this was not my first movie back in the theaters, although um, this is my first large movie back without there being many restrictions. Um, was it the same for you, Ariel? So uh, this is my this was my first movie back oh, okay. during the pandemic. I did go see um, the Trolls movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I hadn't even seen the first one, but it was playing at an uh, outdoor movie theater. So I saw oh, it in right. my car. Yeah. Yes. Um, other than that, I, I had not stepped foot in a movie theater the yes. entire shutdown. Yeah. 
um, I went to see a drive-through movie too. I saw, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's the one with Shia LaBeouf, and he's like a cholo. Um, oh yeah, the, I don't remember uh, that. The, no, it's not the Negotiator. It's something like that. <laughs> help us, help us, Doctor. Yeah, help, help us, Doctor. And I saw it at Mission Tiki, just like you did. Yeah, and you went Mission to Mission Tiki. Tiki. Yeah, pretty far away, and it was technically the first ever movie my son went to as like a six month old, <laughs> which is really funny. It was. <laughs> Not very memorable. Shia LaBeouf's cool, and I'm glad that he had a lot of dedication to this movie. But it was it was not it, y'all. Um, definitely not my first movie back. My first movie back was Demon Slayer, and for all you anime fans out there, that was a fantastic movie to see in the theaters, especially for it being an empty theater at the time. But Black Widow was definitely my first big Marvel movie release, full capacity theater. Back to the movies and. Yeah, I saw it at Burbank um, 16, which is a very popular place in L.A. to watch movies. Um, It's a huge cineplex, uh, very central to a lot of people who live in L.A. Valley area and uh, plenty of parking. And we would normally see our Avengers movies, all of our Iron Man's, Captain America's, Mm -hmm. um, Batman versus Superman, all of our real big comic book theaters. If we couldn't dish out the money to go see it at Arclight and the Cinerama, we would go to Burbank because it was a little bit more affordable and it was part of the AMC A list. Um, yeah. And, many and of they, us have Dolby, of. So, they have so Dolby, so you're not missing out too much. Yeah. And and now you everywhere you you choose seats. So yes, that was that we uh, we used to go see it at the AMC. That was um, is it Winnetka. Maybe? Oh my gosh, yes. Or- Ariel would drag us all the way over there, <laughs> way out yonder in the deep valley, because <laughs> of the prices and the fact that I could get tickets. Yes, but we could have done the same thing at Burbank, which we started to do. So yes. we we live and we learn. <laughs> and more people showed up because you started choosing Burbank, yeah. <laughs> which yep. is great. Yep. Um, so yeah, Burbank normally is a, a solid theater uh, because it accommodates so many people and is usually always busy. They're pretty on top mm-hmm. of things. However, that was not my experience this time. This is not oh. a theater review by any means necessary, but... You know, for it not being my first experience back, but it was for many other people, mm-hmm. I mean, there was just things that were kind of a miss. Um, the great thing about Burbank is you don't have to pay for parking. Um, and I think okay. that's why a lot of people choose it. Um, so parking wasn't so bad. I watched it on a Sunday night, and it was a 7.50 showing. So not super late, not super early. Pretty prime time to watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were able to... Uh, purchase our tickets early so we were able to reserve i was in the dolby theater which was great been in that theater so many times um but my friend decided to get us our popcorn and drinks before we got there because i was running a tad bit late and so i'm getting these texts from my friend and he's like oh steph they ran out of coke on all the machines and he's like yeah Every single machine, they ran out of Coca-Cola. And they also did not have ginger ale, which is like my second choice. And so he had to get Diet Coke. And I am not a fan of Diet Coke. (laughs) It has that taste (laughs) that I'm just like, afterwards, it's like, I don't know what it is. Do they sweeten it with stevia or something? No, I thought Coke Zero doesn't doesn't have sugar, right? Is that the thing? Coke Zero doesn't have sugar. But anyway, it has this taste. And I'm sure you diet drinkers, I'm sorry if you like diet. I'm just not a fan. Um, So I knew I was going to go in having to drink that. And it was like a large. The popcorn was like it wasn't pop. (laughs) 
What? We sat down and it was a huge um, bucket of popcorn. And we usually do that to share, me and mm -hmm. um, my mm -hmm. husband normally do. And my friend got his own bucket of popcorn. And the minute we sat down, he leans over and he's like, this is the worst popcorn I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, I, no. I mean, was it was it mushy or was it not all popped or was it cold? They were tiny uncooked kernels like crumbs. And <sighs> so the top layer, because I had the, the fresh batch because my friend had been eating his already. The top <laughs> layer was like maybe an inch of freshly popped popcorn. Okay. And then under that was all the not pop popcorn, like no. maybe... I would say six inches down. <laughs> so here we are, like trying to like not choke, mm -hmm. <laughs> eating the popcorn. And, you know, I was like, all right, well, this is going to be more work than I thought. And so we're trying to get through the bottom of the popcorn. But I think that was one of the things I was looking forward to the most about being back in the theater is theater <sighs> pop popcorn. Um, I, I love the smell of freshly popped buttered popcorn. It's like my last treat that I like to eat before I leave the parks, like I mentioned yep. in our last episode. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, I, I really love popcorn. So this is kind of disappointing. Um, oh, man. Okay, so uh, one yeah. of the things that we talked about in uh, a previous episode in regards to my experience going back to the parks mm. is like, we really highlighted expectations. Yes. <laughs> and how, how they can sometimes uh, be a detriment to happiness so it sounds like you were you were expecting what you considered even a traditional movie yeah. going experience not not even very like you no. like you weren't asking for the extra <laughs> no i just wanted my drink and my popcorn <laughs> literally it i knew i knew the theater was going to be fine mm -hmm. i had a plan already to just eat my popcorn and drink as mm -hmm. fast as I could mm -hmm, so that I could mm -hmm. put my mask back on knowing that there was right. full capacity. So that's really my plan going into the movie theater. And it kind of got jacked because yeah. I was trying to navigate this popcorn situation. And in the dark, you're not really trying to look inside of your popcorn bucket and trying to find things that won't kill you. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use my my sense of touch to okay. find the ones that okay. were popped and enjoy the movie way, anyway. A way to evolve and adapt. <laughs> yeah, way to evolve and adapt, just like you know how we do. The pandemic taught me a lot, y'all. So, <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse. There could have been no popcorn. We could have mm -hmm. been, you know, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't have, I, I, I maybe could have had a friend who couldn't get me pop. you know, so many other things yeah. that, you know, we, we think about walking in and, you know, there are certain privileges that I've had um, going into here, but it was just a little disappointing, um, yeah. the beginning yeah. of the movie. And it, it didn't really set the tone for the movie just because the movie in and in itself and we will talk about this in a little bit. It just yes. pulls you mm -hmm. from like minute one. So, you know, aside from that, it was okay. <laughs> the theater okay. experience. Okay. I will okay, try it again, experience. maybe not on a weekend. I'm, you know, at that point in my life where I don't have to see a midnight showing. Mm -hmm. I don't have to watch things on the weekend, <laughs> even though it's yep. very convenient for me. I will be a okay with watching on a Monday night. So... Well, I, I think yeah. part of it is like 
we have gotten older, so maybe that's yeah. not something that, that we need. Um, you, you definitely have family, a little one that you have yeah. to go home to and accommodate. But I, I also think like with the evolution of media, um, it's a lot easier to avoid spoilers now. Um, I yes. mean, even that term, um, I think at the beginning of my Marvel watching career wasn't really even a thing. And mm-hmm. it was like, how do I how do I read a movie review without somebody telling me like who the bad guy was and how they got yeah. destroyed? <laughs> I mean, like a wise person once said, ain't nobody got time for that. So ain't nobody got got time for that. But I know you had a very different experience. Yes, yes, (laughs) I did. A very, very different experience. Um, So... uh, this was the first time that I went back uh, to the theaters. And uh, like you, Steph, I also wore my mask unless I was I was going to be um, eating popcorn or, or drinking Coke. Um, uh, again, with weird ticket buying situations, uh, my partner and I tried to buy tickets to the El Capitan Theater. Um, the mm-hmm. El Capitan Theater uh, used to be a playhouse uh, theater. It was built in 1926. Yes. Um, and it was actually bought, bought by Walt Disney Studios in um, 1989. And they did like a two-year restoration with Pacific Theaters. Mm-hmm. And um, so gorgeous. It, it has a, a Wolitzer organ. It mm-hmm. has um, a street-level walk-up box office. And it's actually marked as a L.A. Historic Cultural Monument. Yeah, it's definitely... A very touristy area to watch yes. a movie. Um, it's located on right Hollywood and on Highland, Hollywood. <laughs> in front of the Dolby Theater where they host the Oscars. Walk of Fame, Walk stars, of fame, all of that. So, mm-hmm. Ariel, you really went for the Hollywood experience for this one. Yeah, so uh, I told my partner I'd never been to the El Capitan Theater. Never. And then, like, can't yeah. believe that. <laughs> There's like a list of LA things that all LAers. Do, and then there's a list of LA things that all tourists do. Angelinos. Okay. Now LAers. <laughs> no one ever calls them that. Does that does that count as one? No, I'll let that slide just because oh, yes. you're a transplant. I am a transplant. Um, but I and so one of those things is going to the El Capitan Theater. I mm-hmm. I had never gone because I I didn't have a um a partner that wanted to go that far. Uh, it's not even it's, that far. It's not that far, but in LA traffic, it's like far enough, right? So I work I, farther, guys. <laughs> Much farther. She does. She does. Um, but so he said, okay, well, you know, if we're going to go back to the movies, we're going to yeah. go see Black Widow. Let's see it at this theater. Love um, it. Yes. So we tried to buy tickets online and they they make it so that you have to reserve. There, there can't be a seat on either side of you that's filled. Hmm. as part of spacing okay um for social distancing and the system would not let us do it like it would not let even if we had like three seats on either side like Mm -hmm. it was not letting us buy it so then we called the box office and um they were telling us to just use the app and then we're like we we tried the app we tried the website it's not working and then they they finally let us buy tickets and um we were supposed to go in the uh at like 3.30. It was supposed to be a matinee. Mm-hmm. And we ended up going at 10.30. We had to switch the oh. tickets oh. La- uh, twice to two different times. Oh, my gosh. Because of my partner's job and the shoot oh, okay. that came up and all this nonsense. Uh, this will be a common theme in a lot of these episodes <laughs> where I will have plans that change because yeah. my partner's job schedule is not consistent as he works in the industry. So there yeah. you go. And like you said, Ariel, we are mm-hmm. learning to adapt. adapt. And 
and learn about our expectations <laughs> and our realities. Pivoting. Pivoting. It's just part of our, it's part of our MO now. Yes. Yes. So, um, my first time. So if anybody has not been there, um, totally worth it to go. Okay. Uh, yep. The there's an intro show before your previews before your movie, mm-hmm. and so the the intro show is just just some lights and music, but is Disney magic yep. lights mm-hmm. and music. Um, so there's a stage in front, and uh, this music turns on, and there's sparkly lights that are glowing all over throughout the theater, and um, uh, the stage has a curtain, and the curtain lifts, and then there's a beautiful scenery of animals with a peacock in the middle mm-hmm. um, that's just glittering and sparkly, and then that turns out to be a curtain, and yep. it lifts, <laughs> and there's a crystal beaded curtain that's just sparkling with a cityscape behind it, and it turns out that that beaded curtain in the cityscape are also a curtain, <laughs> a curtain and they lift and then there's a tinsel shimmery curtain that gives mm-hmm. you like a cool holographic effect and that's a curtain and it's the final curtain so um that that was that made my freaking <laughs> yeah. uh i i did not expect it yeah. um i know that uh in one of our episodes we talked about um uh, a Disney short that involves jobs. And mm-hmm. I did get to see the guy who plays the Wolitzer. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I didn't see him in person here, but I saw it on that, uh, uh, in in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was the only performance. And if he wasn't on stage, then I wouldn't get anything, but it was still a lovely theater. No, yeah. no, even the <laughs> lifting of the curtain. Yeah, he's Magic. not always there. And I think I've seen quite a a good amount of movies there at the El Capitan. Mm -hmm. I probably only have seen him once or twice over the years. Um, And I don't even know if that's the same guy who was on One Day at Disney. It might (laughs) even be like a long time ago because the first movie I ever remember watching there was Mulan in like 94. So (laughs) I, who knows who was playing at that time. So not the remake. Mm -hmm. No, 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 this was... This was Ming-Na Wen, <laughs> Mulan, like, um, not live action, animated. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think something that uh, I think probably was at your theater, because and so I know it was mm-hmm. at mine, and I think is a very Los Angeles thing, because we are so close to the film yes. and industry, was they had a lot of the props and costumes that mm-hmm. were actually in the film. Um, and for us, it was in two, like, um, uh, opera boxes, yes. and then mm-hmm. throughout the theater, um, were there any for you? Yes. Um, it wasn't for Black Widow, but they did have the costumes from Jungle Cruise at Burbank. Okay. I know when you watch um, movies at the Arclight, either in Hollywood, well, as they're preparing to open it yes. up, whoever's taking it over, um, any Arclights will have um, a bunch of costumes from many different movies. And it is a very L.A. thing just because, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. to do with all of these beautiful costumes after they're done doing their job. I mean, they're just going to sit in storage in mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all of these places in the valley that store them. So what they yeah. do is that they do put them on display for long periods of time um, at theaters all throughout the valley. So I hope they continue to do that. Yeah. And and then it's something else that I and this is where I don't know if it um, so so again I was I'm a military brat and I moved around a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the theaters I went to were the free theaters on the military base. Yes, so they are by far not snazzy or no. glamorous, um, but they they never had trailers. It was just you saw the movies <laughs> yeah. at the time that you were gonna go. So. Um, 
and then and then my dad retired in Kansas and that's not really a big film industry area there was I even remember there only being one theater in one in the the city that I went to mm-hmm. so this is something that uh, you you'll ha- you'll have to tweet us if it's changed in the Midwest uh, but I know one of the things that I loved when I started going to the theaters out here in LA was was my swag yeah. I had no idea that theaters <laughs> gave out swag and so at this theater I got a tin popcorn bucket it was mm-hmm. tin and it has the el capitan on it um mm-hmm. my my drink cup i could get a topper that also just stands on its own so i can mm-hmm. put it on top of the drink or i can it's a figurine so i got taskmaster nice um and i also got a poster at the end yeah i know that um from all the you know experiences that i've had the el capitan because you're paying slightly higher price for mm-hmm. your movies mm-hmm. you are always going to get some sort of souvenir a pin um a popcorn bucket a little poster what have you um it's just all part of the experience of going to the El Capitan I can't say the same for a lot of AMC's Pacific theaters around LA sometimes they do but they normally have that as a disclaimer before you buy your ticket so if you do want to get some swag there are plenty of opportunities to get that swag you just kind of have to read the guidelines on the specific showing that you're going to um but yeah I think that is like an LA thing that we do have those opportunities I don't even know in in New York or other major cities if they do this sort of thing. Um, maybe now with the rise of, you know, the popularity of Comic-Con mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, comic book movies, especially, you know, incorporating Disney movies into this sort of category. Yeah. Swag is a really big part of the experience of going to see a movie. It, it's definitely part of the culture. Yeah. Like you expect swag when you go to the cons. Absolutely. So I think they're really starting to incorporate that with the movies. But I know for the El Capitan specifically, it is something that is included as well as sometimes, I don't know, Ariel, did you get to go to the basement of the El Capitan? No, we didn't go to the basement. Okay. Um, I, and again, we saw the movie at 1030 at night and it was the last <laughs> okay. showing. And when we got our popcorn, they gave us our refill right away because they're like, uh, like after after this, we gone. Yep, <laughs> It's closing time. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious for you. I know that some of our friends, when they went in AMC, they were able to get a comic book. Yes. Uh, I think that was for some showings. It wasn't part of my showing, unfortunately, but I think it was a part of the IMAX showings. Um, Uh I only went to a Dolby showing, so I know IMAX also does a promo because, you know, they they want people to spend that extra money. Um, And I know that there's an IMAX at CityWalk next to Universal Studios. However, you do have to pay for parking there. And that's why, although it is fun um, and I suggest going for like a really special movie that you want to see, it is going to cost you a pretty penny (laughs) knowing that movies are not cheap um, nowadays. Um, But yeah, I asked if you went to the basement because um, I remember watching Finding Dory there and a lot of other Mm -hmm. um, Pixar Disney movies and they always have um, a really special exhibit downstairs for Finding Dory. They had an aquarium and they had, uh, yeah, like they had Dory and, you know, all of uh, they had an octopus for Hank and they had like the different characters. And I know they've done it for um, Frozen as well. They had like a whole behind the scenes of how they made Frozen downstairs. I don't know because of COVID if they're trying to limit the amount of people mm. that are in an enclosed space. But I know pre-COVID, they always utilize that basement for some really special thing. And then they would actually have people exit out from that bottom entry. So nope, that... Nope, we went out know, through the main lobby. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Yeah, so... I'm sure things have changed since the pandemic, and um, I'm sure that they'll adapt. 
moving forward, but I'm glad to see yeah. that they're using at least the opera boxes. <laughs> yes, they're using the opera boxes. We got to go upstairs and there was um, yeah. um, a Jungle Cruise like backdrop, um, oh. but it, no actual items. Mm-hmm. And uh, so again, because the tickets got changed three times, so did our seats. Uh, <laughs> and um, it was because it was so late at night, even though it was a Saturday, we had the entire right side of the theater to ourselves. Wow. <laughs> like talking about social distancing, yeah. like, I don't, I'm a, I'm a bad aim, but I don't think I could have thrown popcorn <laughs> to the next person because <laughs> they were so far away. I'm sure um, you wouldn't want to throw it because your popcorn is probably really good. Oh, my popcorn is amazing. I oh, their popcorn is always fills. amazing. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. I was like, oh, man, Ariel probably had really good popcorn because she was at the El Capitan. <laughs> However, we did have a Mickey pretzel, again, oh, owned by Disney. Yeah. So there was a Mickey pretzel. And it was just, mm-hmm. okay, it was not Disney Park good. I could tell a difference. And so I don't know if that's common for that, that theater or if it is... Um, they use that, that hard that. L.A. water. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, nothing yeah. we can do to mask that. I'm sorry. <laughs> And then um, the other really crazy thing about the experience was uh, they raffled off three gifts and it was like a bag full of Black Widow swag. Um, I did not win or I would have said that. Uh, But uh, it was there. I'm mad that I didn't win because there was only like what five other people, people in the theater? Yeah, I was like, there was nobody there. I oh, and man. and there was three, and my I there was two of us. I thought our chances were were high, but they were not. But um, it was just really cool. They 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 did the raffle, and they actually handed the items to the guests. The guests didn't have to get up. And um, again, owned by Disney, so they're cast members. Yeah. Um, and the they they started the intro with ladies and gentlemen and i don't know if you guys have been following some of the disney news but a lot of the parks have changed the intro to their um fireworks show mm-hmm. to um welcome all dreamers uh, to be more inclusive mm-hmm. of uh, individuals who are are non-binary and so uh we were wondering if that's going to change there too um and I'm so sure i'm just gonna take note and keep an yeah. eye on that yeah I'll definitely take a look at that, too, because now <laughs> I want to make up for this uh, theater experience of mine. <laughs> and uh, the next movie, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to dish out the extra bucks to get me my fresh popcorn. Um, but I'm glad that you had such a fantastic first time at the El Capitan. That's really yeah. great to hear, especially, you know, coming from an Angelino myself. I always want people to have the best experiences when they go to touristy places like this. I know it's always a hit or miss when you go to Hollywood because it's mm-hmm. just... It's a wild place out there also. Mm -hmm. Um, But the El Capitan does have that Disney magic. So they will go the extra mile to make sure you and your little ones have a really good time. Um, Because, you know, we're always bringing kids to the El Capitan (laughs) because they're always showing Disney movies. So, so many things can go wrong with watching uh, a movie with kids. So um, I'm glad that you had that fantastic experience. I'm not glad that you didn't. (laughs) No. It's all right. I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes. But let's dive into the movie itself. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> well, you go again, first. <laughs> yeah, again, this is not a review podcast, but there will be spoilers. But there will if be spoilers. If you want a spoiler-free uh, yes. pod uh, review in a podcast, we do yeah. have a friend named Billy. He's not yeah. part of the GT network, uh, but he is the movie grader. Mm -hmm. uh, that's his podcast. He grades movies, and none of them have spoilers. Yes, none of them have spoilers. They have really great conversations about different perspectives on the movies, um, and you'll laugh a lot <laughs> because <laughs> Billy is a very, very fun person and a good friend of ours. So yeah. check his podcast out if you want spoilerless uh, review or commentary. Um, mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen Black Widow, put a pause on this. Listen to any yes. of our other <laughs> um, episodes. Um, and we will see you back after you watch Black Widow. Go see it because yeah. we liked it. <laughs> we liked it a lot. Yes. Um, I don't know, Ariel. Maybe we can just kind of riff off of each other of this one. Okay. Just because I know that we can take this movie in a lot of different angles. Now, Black Widow was supposed to be released not this year. Oh, no. Not last year. No. <laughs> but way before we really went forward with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Yeah, I believe 2019, uh, 2020. Yeah. That was, um, okay, so other experience, um, uh, in talking about Comic-Con earlier, um, mm -hmm. Steph and I went to Comic-Con in 2019, yes. and uh, she was able to attend uh, the Marvel um, Hall H, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> she got some swag, and she gifted it to me because she is the most loveliest <laughs> friend ever, and it was a Black Widow ball cap. Um, it, it has her silhouette, mm -hmm. and uh, it says Marvel 2020 on the back. Yes, Marvel 2020, because so, it was the big reveal of yes. all the things that were happening in 2020. They hyped us up. I was in tears. Everybody in Hall H was just like losing their minds. You could yes. see um, Scarlett Johansson comes out, and then you see Florence Pugh come out, and then you yes. see um, Hopper, I'm forgetting his name, David Harbour come out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then you just see all these, you see um, Simu Liu come out. I mean, it was just like... All of the YouTube videos that you see of Comic-Con, mm -hmm. it was just, it was major. And as they all were like introducing the movie, they put on these hats facing, facing the stage and not facing the audience. And they turned around to reveal Black Widow's silhouette yes. and her, um, uh, her monogram. And it was, it blew everybody's mind. And then as they turned around, all of the, um, all of the Hall H workers started giving hats out. And we we're like, yeah. we get hats. Oh, my you gosh. Get a hat, you get a you hat. Get a hat. You get yeah. a hat. <laughs> I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ariel, the popularity of the Marvel panel at Hall H has gotten so large that they don't give away too much swag recently. Um, right? Yeah, they, they've, yeah, they've cut the variety of swag. Yeah. So, um, uh the the final <laughs> Game of Thrones panel, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hall H, I got to see it, uh, yeah. and that that was a bag full of swag. Yeah. Like it, it, there was a poster, there was a pen, there was a, a notebook, tote bag. there was a water bottle, there was, um, I think, a, a pen, shirt. A shirt. Yes, yeah, yeah, the shirt. I still wear uh, that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the the Marvel ones have slowly started not giving as many things. Mm -hmm. I think not just because of the popularity, but also because they are not wanting to um, reveal anything. Everything yeah. is, Marvel's all locked down, tight-lipped. I mean, unless mm -hmm. you're Spider-Man. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, so we've been waiting for this movie for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so I, if we're talking again about expectations and what we as women wanted to see out of Black Widow, I feel like over the years it has changed for me. How about you? I... I, I think it, it definitely has changed. Um, I, if you look at her evolution, she's certainly changed. Uh, I am looking at an image right now, and mm-hmm. I will I will link it in the show notes, um, of the evolution of her wardrobe. And this is what caught me when I when I was watching this movie, um, and and now e- even more so as I'm I'm looking at the evolution of her wardrobe. So like black latex, um, uh, Iron Man to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Widow, very low cleavage. Um, I I think at some I learned that apparently they they do a lot of special effects even on the clothes when things bend a certain way. Yeah. So so certainly the special effects on this clothes like this just tightness. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really hypersexualized and going into the outfit she's wearing here the zipper's higher so there isn't as much mm-hmm. cleavage uh and there's actual padding like you see it on her elbows and her knees and on her shoulders and even on her gloves she looks like a fighter to me yeah. um and her hair isn't like in these ringlet curls um and she isn't wearing a vast amount of makeup she actually looks now we know everybody's wearing makeup on on the yeah. set even the men Mm-hmm. Um, but her makeup is toned down. It is more natural. Um, and even her hair is sort of more free flowing. Like she has some braids in a few different areas, but they aren't tight knit. They aren't curly. She doesn't look like she's meant to be um, sexually digested. It looks like she's meant to, you know, whoop some ass. Yeah, exactly. And I know that that's always a point of contingency when it comes to looking at female fighters and female characters mm-hmm. in action movies as a woman you're always thinking to yourself how in the heck are you fighting with just a latex suit on mm-hmm. hair all up in your face mm-hmm. makeup you know full full face of makeup all the full way face. done how are you not realistically sweating and uncomfortable yes. in that yes. and not everybody is catwoman because no, catwoman no. is you know otherworldly and she has yes. Yes. you know cat like reflexes Di- not everybody's michelle pfeiffer has different magic <laughs> yeah, different magic together. and you know i i always thought about that whenever i played mortal kombat whenever i yes. played street fighter yes. i mean and clearly these are video games they're not supposed to represent real life. However, you've got to have a little bit of realism when it comes mm-hmm. to it. And mm-hmm. especially if you're doing a movie like Black Widow, which is more of, you know, she doesn't necessarily have superpowers per se. No. She's no. not a mutant. She is, mm-hmm. um, hasn't been injected with any sort of super serum. Isn't a sorcerer. Isn't a sorcerer. So she, she has no abilities aside from the fact that she's highly trained and skilled in what she does. So... I mean, I think realistically, she looks a lot more suited to the work that she's doing. Yeah. And and even in talking about her being highly trained, like we've known that throughout all of these movies. But I feel like this is the first time where I was able to really appreciate her training, even when she was fighting Taskmaster, like like in the comics and even in this iteration of Taskmaster, Taskmaster learns your moves and mimics you, mm-hmm. um, essentially mirrors you. You're, you're like fighting yourself. And she kind of picked that up right away and was able to adapt her fighting style instead of going to like her common go-tos. That's just 
difficult. That's yeah. that's not an, an easy thing to do. Um, as as a therapist, I I work with a variety of people, and I have a, a large caseload of people who are MMA fighters, mm-hmm. and we talk about um, how it can be easy to default to a fighting style, but that makes you more mm-hmm. predictable to your partner. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, the person that you're uh, attempting to fight, your opponent. And in this case, Black Widow is always learning and always growing. We do see her sort of s- couple of her same signature moves. But she, in, in this movie, has shown even more wider variety in, in her stance and her fighting style. Uh, so I I think, like, again, she's not... she. So, so when we meet her in Iron Man 2, she's a spy who attempts to infiltrate Tony Stark's operation, mm-hmm. but she's a femme fatale. She uses yes. her sexuality to get men to drop their guard and trust her. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we're a decade, a little over a decade later, and she in, is no longer a spy. She actually gets to be her full self. I think mm-hmm. that's that's a very different approach. Like, uh, we we actually accept her as a hero yes. um, and and not sort of like, um, having ulterior motives, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she she isn't a sexual object, and she doesn't use her sexuality as a weapon. Um, and then even Scarlett Johansson has said in many interviews that she's no longer comfortable playing with this character as uh, someone who's objectified. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the first time when I saw her in Iron Man, she was like a Bond girl to me. She mm-hmm. could have been somebody that I knew was working for somebody else, not somebody who was working out of their own volition, but somebody with an ulterior motive that was working for the man behind the chair. Yeah. And ultimately, that is who trained her. However, yes. um, like you said, the evolution of her character started to become more and more independent over the films. More autonomy. Yeah, more autonomy, exactly. Um, every time we saw her in all the other various movies, she was attached to Hawkeye. They were mm-hmm. working as a team, more of like a duo, where I don't know and I can't really say that I saw one leading the other, but I kind of knew that one worked in tandem with the other. And they always mm-hmm. talked about, you know, their their previous jobs and, you know, how Budapest. And Budapest. <laughs> and Budish, Budapest. <laughs> and that was such a wild thing in the movie. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, she was always working with Hawkeye and they were always paired up together. So I was just like, okay, well, we haven't really seen Hawkeye by himself, but we also haven't seen Black Widow by herself. And then when everybody d- split their separate ways during Civil War, mm-hmm. She was now Cap's right-hand woman. And so we didn't really see her as her full hero self. She was more of, you know, Cap's confidant, which was great because, you know, he was was so nice to her and, you know, always so respectful to her. But still, she kind of took a back seat. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely Mm -hmm. the second tier of the Mm -hmm. Avengers. Yes. Um, So it was really nice to see her, you know, act on her own volition and also mm-hmm. find about find out more about herself because us as an audience we want to find out more about her and where she's coming from and in in and that she has a she has leadership qualities yes. um she took a leadership stance in this movie and when we remember her RIP in um Endgame 
she after the five-year blitz she was the one running the avengers she was the one giving people orders she was the Mm -hmm. one really trying to keep it all together Mm -hmm. Uh, and that seems even more believable now after seeing this film yeah and not just motherly where we're expecting her as the woman to be like okay everybody let's get it together like we gotta save the world kind of thing where it teetered on that i don't think it was fully realized and this movie definitely shows that her empathy as herself as Mm -hmm. Natasha shown more above anything that we are expecting out of her as a female superhero. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So I I think like really highlighting those those big changes and differences. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I'm trying to imagine how I would feel if this was how I was introduced to Black Widow versus the previous um, versions. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I remember um, trying to buy those those costumes and outfits and uh, and I'm. Uh, I'm a well-endowed woman. I I have rather (laughs) large breasts, so I could fill that part of the costume (laughs) if I wanted to. Uh, However, um, I wasn't always comfortable. Uh, That that costume's not easy to wear at Comic-Con. Apparently, it gives permission for people to to grope you. Uh, And as as someone who cosplays fairly regularly, it's one of those things of how do I like make sure to set that boundary and and why I tend to quote unquote have a Comic Con guard with me yep. uh, so that people won't. Um, mm-hmm. This costume I could see being respected. I could oh, yeah. see people seeing me as the fighter of Black Widow and mm-hmm. and not so much uh, as this hot thing I can take a picture with. Like it, like really much like I'm taking a picture of Black Widow. Like this is the character yeah. and the hero that I I love. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you're carrying weapons on your back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are carrying weapons on your back. So I really hope that if they are looking at your backside, they're looking at your weapons and how yeah. you will use them against them. But yes. absolutely, I think um, the the playing field for cosplay has gotten larger, especially mm-hmm. with um, having her sister, having um, yeah. Iron Maiden there. Um, I mean, even having... Uh, Red Guardian, Red Guardian, right? <laughs> yes, yes. His portrayal of kind of this fallen male uh, icon, mm-hmm. uh, especially Soviet icon, where us as Americans, we view, you know, Cold War era, 1980s, uh, Soviet Russia as this big, you know, Iron Curtain. Everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, stoic. Of course, like with the Rocky films, like you think of, you know, Drago. And, you know, yeah. you have yeah. this like very macho sense of all yes. men, all Russian men. But then you meet Alexei. <laughs> and he has definitely fallen from grace since he was kind of pushed aside um, after his undercover mission in Ohio with the girls. And you see him struggling to fit into his his suit. And I thought that that was a really great moment for, yes. for men, really. Yes. Um, dad bods everywhere. Yes. And I think that David Harbour played that role just so nicely. because And, and that so scene lovable. of him trying to fit in that suit is that scene yeah. of me <laughs> trying to fit in that Black Widow costume. It's I think true. Happening in the same way yeah. that I think is going to Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I'm not as well endowed as Ariel. However, I don't have the typical Asian slender body. I am much more Moana and Nani um, <laughs> than <laughs> Raya. <laughs> so, you know, I... I can't really find a one-size-fits-all costume. I, I have to make 
or actually adapt many mm-hmm. male costumes to my suiting. And I normally go that route just because it's a little mm-hmm. easier and more comfortable for me to attend cons that way. So I think, uh, yeah, it was it was really great to see the differences in body types and mm-hmm. the realism of getting into a suit that is meant for fighting and meant to, you know, get hurt in (laughs) because there was a lot of getting hurt in this movie and i oh the hits look hard the you know those who the the stunt actors applaud to them because they deserve an award (laughs) i was cringing all the times that um any of the characters got you know hit up because it it didn't look just like a big explosion or um that star wars kick that never quite hit yeah it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't michael bay blowing up everything Mm -hmm. like natasha was getting thrown off a building yelena Mm -hmm. was like you know falling and rolling all over the place all of the widows that were doing their stunts they were so fantastic it reminded me a lot of um justice league and seeing all the amazons on the mascara but harder yes (laughs) way harder because they were falling they were getting stabbed they were you know she's yelena stabs herself in the leg to get out her little transmitter and it looked real looked so real so real (laughs) she barely flinched too barely flinched (laughs) and you could hear it squelching like you could hear the bones like i don't know i mean i heard it in dolby obviously so i heard (sighs) everything but i i liked how they didn't go soft on the women mm-hmm. and because they were doing such big scenes and also car chases that involved women the best car chase scene <laughs> i have ever seen and i have seen uh, uh, except for the the new one which i haven't seen yet i've seen every fast and the furious uh <laughs> and um you know they start to to get the same where we're trying to get away mm-hmm. and we're, we're coming up with some stuff um i have never seen what elena did in regards <laughs> to the car chase scene and i was thoroughly impressed <laughs> <laughs> and the ingenuity and literally like black widow is saying like i'm trying to get away and escape like she acknowledged yeah. that that was her plan <laughs> i love the banter too that was oh, in that yes. scene i think just the overall banter between sisters is something that we don't see and the mm-hmm. only other way that we've seen that is frozen <laughs> Well, and I guess Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch, the... which is more of a uh, a motherly approach, approach. because, you know, Nani mm-hmm. is her caretaker. But yeah, I think um, between sisters who are working um, and sisters who haven't seen each other for a really long time, mm-hmm. I don't have a sister myself, but I do have cousins who have sisters. And I know and I see the struggle between, you know, um, just we're trying to one up each other, I guess yeah, you could say. Yeah. Um, and if you're a trained assassin trying to one up an Avenger, who is your older <laughs> sister figure, um, I mean, hil- hilarity ensues. And I think that was a really great move to insert humor into mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. I died and a half when yes. Yelena was trying to be like, how do you how do you do that pose when you go down and you <laughs> such wow. a poser, so such a poser. And I didn't know that she was going to use that word poser, but I love that she did use that word yes. poser. Because yes. she is just essentially taking down this Avenger who we have seen do so many great things mm-hmm. for the universe, work alongside Captain America, Iron Man, um, you know, calm down the Hulk. Yep, and now you're yep. reducing her to a poser just because yes. she looks at well, the camera. <laughs> and really humbling her, right? When it comes yeah. to siblings, so yes. not just sisters, your siblings can humble you in a way that nobody else can. And nobody else can. <laughs> nobody. There is you, no you hiding that. Because you are an that. older sister. 
Yeah, I am an older sister, and my younger brother can humble me in ways that, you know, I I do humble him too because he is mm-hmm. my younger brother. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's just this dynamic when when you are an older sibling, you always try to keep it together, and I felt that with especially Natasha because she's trying to keep it together for her family. She's trying to just get the job done by any yep. means necessary because this is just what she does, and she's just gonna go at it however she can, and you know even. Even in her laser focus of a job doing this, you get Yelena, who is the youngest. She is, you know, blonde and she's more sprightly, I guess you want to say. She has this spark. She has this fire in her. And she's got a mouth on her, too, which is awesome. She feels like the new generation of Avengers, like yes. like a, a completely different take with different experiences mm-hmm. that is is even just it's just fresh and 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 really wonderful. I fell in love with her, honestly. Oh, the um, best, just amazing. Um, actress of Florence, is it Pew or Few? I think it's Pew, but correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't really. This is what I've heard on interviews, but yes. I might be wrong. Yeah, um, I feel I like she's I've British. heard you the most. <laughs> yeah, I know she's British. So if if that helps, I'm yeah, yeah, not familiar, but she is a fantastic actress. If you look up her IMDb, she has done it all, y'all. Mm-hmm. And now she is the future Black Widow, as we are going to see in the future. So I think they picked a fantastic person to play her. And um, And, and I think that when we're talking about banter, the funniest scene, which I didn't think I would ever see in a Disney movie. (laughs) I I never thought I would hear the words uh, hysterectomy. I never thought I would hear the words fallopian tubes. Yes. (laughs) I never thought I'd hear the word uterus. And... And the great thing about that, she ad-libbed that scene. I love that. She ad-libbed it. It was just hilarious. Again, I felt very seen um, because, again, if we're talking about girls, young girls Mm -hmm. uh, who have been taken from their families Mm -hmm. or or taken off of the streets, this is is a a real-life issue issue when it comes to trafficking and and sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Women and girls statistically are the majority who are trafficked, and those are things that do happen to them Mm -hmm. uh, so that they can still be considered a a marketable object. You know, if you don't get pregnant, it's easier for me to market you. And Mm -hmm. that, to BC, have it... Put it plainly on on a, a, in a Disney movie, it, though it was a joke, like it it made the characters more real. Because yes. I'm sure that there's been fandom questions in regards to how come Black Widow doesn't have any kids, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, th- this is why. This is yeah. part of the horrors of of her of her trauma and her past experiences before an Avenger. Yeah, and as a clap back to, is it your time of the month? Mm-hmm. Which is every woman's just who loves to hear that absolutely no one no, no one loves to hear every oh, every woman and month? every person with a uterus yes it's just like really yeah <laughs> and as a clap back to that i applaud that whole entire scene because you know what it's not just a matter of us being on our time of the month and mm-hmm. nor does it have to do with any of your concern if you're asking so yes, maybe yes. you should walk that all the way back and he walked it all the way back so all the way (laughs) all the way and it was liberating without burning a bra and it was liberating Mm -hmm. without using any of those this is a feminist movie trope which you know 
has been played out over the last couple of years. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, a, a different way of looking at feminism, mm-hmm. an older way. And I think this this is very much how this current generation, and I think mm-hmm. our generation is is accepting the openness around feminism, which is that these aren't things we're going to be afraid to talk about. Um, but mm-hmm. we're not. I mean, we're bringing them up in the moment. It, it's yeah. it's a shutdown to you, but it isn't a weapon. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really want to highlight the fact that you mentioned uh, Yelena being more of the new generation representative mm-hmm. of the Avengers. I think that really worked well parallel to Rachel Wise's character as the Iron mm-hmm. Maiden because mm-hmm. she lived her entire life being cycled through the Red Room four times, as she said. And mm-hmm. she is the classic example of conditioning. And she is yes. a classic example of having being used as an object as a woman um mm-hmm. under uh under the spell of um why am i forgetting his name right now oh uh, uh drakoff drakoff yes, yes. drakoff um, i didn't want to call him lexi that's not him <laughs> yeah under drakoff's rule and i think by her breaking away from that to open doors to the younger generation mm-hmm. is just i think symbolic of marvel's way of opening that door from female superheroes that we've seen in the past and Mm -hmm, female mm -hmm. superheroes like Black Widow, who this story is about and how she was portrayed in the past and how we are going to introduce her and every other female character after her now. Because although that, you know, it might not have been the best way to portray female superheroes, Mm -hmm. it still exists in the past and we're going to acknowledge it, but we're going to take that and learn from it. Yeah, we're not we're not going to hide from it and we're not going to um, minimize it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be presented as as factual and truthful, but it's not going to be presented as the always and will be. Yeah. And in fact, we need that perspective to move mm-hmm. forward, which mm-hmm. is exactly how we needed Iron Maiden to help, you know, kind of orchestrate <laughs> that one explosion that ended up taking the entire um island down uh, yeah floating red room yeah i don't know what it, it so fly, flying <laughs> ship thing that somehow iron man miss every time I, 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 okay. okay so now that we've talked a lot about what we loved i'm sure there's things that we could have <laughs> improved on right okay this is my first <laughs> and biggest gripe that i as soon as I found out that Steph had fin- finished watching the movie, I texted, did you notice the thing? Okay, I think you guys can hear my cat. I apologize. Um, uh, sh- she says, hi, feed me for the fourth time. Uh, and I won't because you're on a diet. So the vet. <laughs> Anyways, um, as soon as I found out she'd watched it, I texted her immediately and I was like, did you find the mistake, the continuity mistake (laughs) in the beginning when they were in Cuba? And she was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And now I I am a huge Disney fan, but I will also say that I am a My Little Pony fan. Yes, (laughs) I love my ponies. And so when they land in Cuba... Uh, Yelena's holding a stuffed animal and this stuffed animal gets passed around at least four times. So I got lots of views of this stuffed animal mm-hmm. and it is a My Little Pony um, and it is an alicorn Twilight Sparkle. So that's the name of the character. However, Twilight Sparkle did not become an alicorn until February 16th, 2013. Oh no. And the, this stuffed animal was 
was featured in time where it's supposed to be 1995. So I don't know if Loki and Wanda had done some kind of multiverse thing and somehow Twilight Sparkle was put in this 1995 because that's what got messed up in this universe. I'm thinking not, but I was upset for the rest of the movie about this. I was, I don't know what prop person done messed up at. And I and I had I went online. I had to confirm that I was not I was not crazy. And I found all kind of Reddit threads from other uh, My Little Pony and Brony fans. Yep. And yes, yes, this was the uh, Twilight Sparkle that did not exist in uh, 1995. Yes, I am not a big My Little Pony fan. Um, I do love My Little Pony. However, I'm not that big of a fan. I. So now that you've said that, what if there was a Nexus event that had to do with Sylvie? And because we know how old she is. No, I know. There's nothing. No, no somebody messed up. Um, somebody messed up. In that, in the opening credits, I, me and in my attempt to connect the multiverses of all the fandoms that I love, I was like, okay, so David Harbour is in this movie. I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. Mm. And I'm like, are they in Indiana? Why are they always in Indiana? <laughs> oh, no, they're in Ohio, which is next to Indiana. Yeah, Why do they always have to pick? Is that um, Hopper's house? Is that? <laughs> and I was just trying to find all of these Stranger Things Easter eggs for whatever Even reason. Even the name Alexi? Even the name Alexi. I was like, oh, my gosh, Alexi. Just like Alexi. Poor Alexi. And so, you know, if you've watched Stranger Things, um, every 80s reference, I think because Stranger Things has done it so, so, so well, I always think of Stranger Things whenever I see something 80s now because I think they kind of hit the benchmark of what it is to portray the 80s in, mm-hmm. you know, the 2020s. So I don't know why my brain went to that, but I was trying <laughs> to connect those things, which is probably why I did not notice the My Little Pony stuffed animal. And, you know, I think everybody goes through that when they sit down mm-hmm. to watch a movie, especially mm-hmm. when it's in a multiverse like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are so trained to find Easter eggs now. And I talk about this all the time with my students, especially when Endgame came out. I remember, and my coworkers can attest to this, I remember watching Endgame um, midnight showing and I had to work the next day because it was Thursday. And of Uh course, you know, Friday, we still have school. So I came into the classroom and the first thing I said to my students was, (laughs) things just be dropping everywhere today. It's okay. This is your life, guys. Um, I walk into the classroom and I said, if you guys don't behave today, I will spoil Endgame for you. And I am not oh, joking. So I use that. You put down the hammer. I did. You I put like, down the hammer. We are going to have a good Friday today. You are going to get your playtime. You're going to get your free time. But if somebody slips up, I am spoiling Endgame for you. And we had the most fantastic day in my class. Yes. <laughs> so, and they always love talking about Easter eggs. And we always try mm-hmm. to one-up each other. Like, oh, Miss Stephanie, did you remember this? Or do you remember, you know, if you saw that. So I think we all go through that as Marvel fans and disney fans now we always try to find the pizza planet truck um but i don't know i think that that really shows you how much like when we're talking about dissecting medium like that gives you such a a good critical lens and also being observant right like that's Mm -hmm. probably i know for my clients and i'm assuming for your students like being more observant of the moment is Mm -hmm. a critical skill to to obtain and it's a really it's a pretty high level skill when you're thinking about it because you're accessing memories that you've had from previous experiences 
experiences in previous movies and you're making those connections. And I love mm-hmm. it when, you know, kids make those connections and oh, yeah. what stands out for certain students and what doesn't stand out for certain students. For you, for example, the My Little Pony thing totally stood out in- for you. Instant rapid Instant processing rapid in processing. the moment, executive yeah. functioning, boom, there yep. it is. <laughs> For me, it was the time period. And I love time period everything. I love how um, Marvel and really any sort of medium decides to portray um, any sort of time travel, any sort of retro imagery, because I feel like as technology is evolving, we're getting so much better at it. And our understanding Mm of um, prior eras has gotten so much more clear. So, I mean, I think that was good. But we're talking about things that, you know, we could have fixed, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I think from myself really quickly taskmaster could have been done a little bit better i think it was kind of a. I know it was kind of like a guise for who the real villain was Mm -hmm. and we all know that um the the real villain of course is the red the red room and um I'm going to keep forgetting off. and Drake off. Yeah. Uh, First time I'm saying things yeah. right. <laughs> I think it's because I don't want to mess up the pronunciation. Yeah. Drakov. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Drakov. So I, I know he's, you know, kind of a Wizard of Oz thing again, where he mm-hmm. is the man behind the curtain. He's mm-hmm. so, the person who we really need to take down. However, with the original Taskmaster, I, I knew that it had more of like a skull face. This one mm. had more of a Daft Punk robot looking yeah yeah and i was like are we gonna see him behind the dj booth like it looked really daft punky and dead mouse to me um and the hood didn't quite make so much sense because she was already wearing like a skin tight like cap yeah yeah it was just kind of uh, some extra yeah and it i don't know like it, it was fun to see the different fighting styles. Like, clearly, Claws came out Black Panther. S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. came out Captain America. Um, he, it didn't get large like the Hulk. <laughs> so no, no. That didn't happen. Um, but I think even, even when you're tying who that character was and their relationship to Natasha, it wasn't fully fleshed out. And I know that wasn't the goal of the movie and that was kind of like part of the journey for her but I think that was a little bit wasted well they they I mean if you if you remember Black Widow is always talking about wanting to um she's got red on her ledger and she's wanting Mm -hmm. to wipe it clean like that's that's just some of the common quotes that Mm -hmm. that she has and this was one of those reds and unfortunately it didn't it didn't quite meet expectations. Now, I really like that they they did change the gender and they connected in the story. This mm-hmm. wasn't just a, a a random person who teamed up yeah. with uh, Dracoff. Like that seems to be a common thing. Like weird superhero team ups that don't make sense or supervillain team ups. Yeah, uh, but it it didn't seem like this was something that she regretted as much as she probably should have and it was too mm-hmm. easy of a um uh, of a forgiving I, I think uh yeah because it was so instant all all that um uh i don't remember the uh, taskmaster's daughter's name was a valentina no uh, no valentina that, is, is no 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 that's that's who came out at the yeah. end <laughs> um but uh task it was really that taskmaster yeah. um asked is he gone so yeah. she she wanted to get away from from mm-hmm. her abuser so that that totally made sense um how however given the amount of trauma given mm-hmm. freaking jumping out of uh, uh 
falling ship uh and then and then being unprogrammed i just i feel like it would have made more sense if if she was just disoriented and and wasn't really quite speaking or or engaging and wasn't there i don't i know that i would want black widow to have redemption but i don't think in this case that she should have had it not that easily exactly um her name is antonia Ah. and yes (laughs) (laughs) oh we were close we were not very close um but yeah and i think with her especially being one of the actors who's truly of russian descent she is Mm -hmm. you know olga kurilenko who Mm -hmm. is um she's uh uh an action um actress and she's been in other films uh it was it was kind of a miss to see her not highlighted in that way but also i'm sure it was hard to do that because taskmaster already has such um, a reputation in the mm-hmm. Marvel universe in the comic mm-hmm. books, so I know they were trying to just pull in characters probably where they could. I could be wrong. I don't know, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I think it could have been fleshed out a little bit more. However, were, I know we were teetering on what a two and a half hour movie at this point. <laughs> were Were you surprised that she was Taskmaster, or did you figure it out? Um, I knew Taskmaster was gonna appear some point like you said spoilers are kind of unavoidable at this point in time so i knew i knew that character was going to come out and the only way it could have been her so and like yeah. and there was major foreshadowing when yelena was talking to her and said did yes. you i did you recover the body and when she said well there was no body to recover it was kind of like well clearly she is mia so she's going to pop yeah. up somewhere um yeah, yeah i i knew instantly in that that moment one of mm-hmm. two things uh and that I, I leaned towards it was going to be Taskmaster um, or that she took over the Widows. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I thought that was that could have been a, a take or, or a twist. Um, but at, once I actually saw Taskmaster fight, I was like, okay, yeah, this this has to be Drakov's daughter. Um, if we're talking mm-hmm. about um, him dabbling in bioengineering, him dabbling yeah. in, um, um, you know, conditioning, mind control, mm-hmm. uh yeah, I don't see him having any qualms doing that to his daughter. So it it was it was somewhat predictable, uh, but I thought I was going to appreciate the predictability. Mm-hmm. I didn't as much in this case. Yeah. Um, fun random fact: the woman who played Taskmaster, Olga Kurylenko, was a Bond girl, <laughs> or she oh. was in a James Bond movie. So she was in Quantum of Solace, and that is the last time I saw her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she. Uh, yeah, it was a Bond girl named Camille Montez for all you Bond um, fans out there. So yeah, I think that is just one of the things that I, you know, kind of had an issue with. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think the linear progression of Natasha finding her roots, using mm-hmm. that to mm-hmm. kind of wipe her ledger clean and mm-hmm. in the process liberate the widows mm-hmm. was fulfilled pretty straightforwardly um yeah and i think the end just because of when it was released you really had to reach back i've heard from a lot of my friends who have watched it who do follow the marvel cinematic universe maybe not as closely as you and i do or (laughs) you know our listeners do they just said i wish maybe i could have been prepared in watching some of the prior movies again just to kind of freshen up like watch civil war again to see you know why is she on the run you know why Mm -hmm. is you know she living out in a trailer with Mm -hmm. um her version of m or of q in the bond movies who supplies her (laughs) with all of her um 
necessities to live, which I I um, like that character and uh, I like Ma- Mason is the character's Mason. name and the actor his name is O.T. Fagbenley, and he is also British, and he went to the same elementary school as Florence Pugh, but just like wow. 10 years earlier. That's wild. Yeah. He reminds me of Craig David. UK be smarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I kept looking, and I was like, that can't be Craig David. He's not an actor. He sings yeah. <laughs> No, I <laughs> he guess he seven plays days. <laughs> Luke in The Handmaid's Tale, but I've never seen uh, okay, any yeah. episode of The Handmaid's Tale. That's one of the ones I've yet to see. I know it's um, on my list of things on Hulu that I have to watch, and I don't watch Hulu very often anymore. Um, so, some yeah. of the other sort of small nitpicky things, because I think we've gotten mm-hmm. to the point where, um, at least I have, I can be yeah. nitpicky in regards to Marvel movies. Yeah. Okay, so the the scene where Yelena is calling Natasha poser, uh, yeah. they're doing that at a convenience store. They they didn't <laughs> confirm whether the convenience store person spoke English or not and understood no. what they were doing or no. saying. They're talking about people they've killed, and now she's on the ground like whipping her head back and yeah. forth, whip her hair back and forth, and um, that and he had no reaction that extra if no. if his his line uh, uh or direction was do nothing say nothing mm-hmm. he, they they could have put a mannequin in there and i wouldn't have known because literally no no response to none these women on the ground whipping her hair back and forth um and just taking things from the shelf i don't just, even know if they have any intention of p- paying for them um but we I didn't th- see them stealing them in their outfits so no no <laughs> Also, just them hanging out in that gas station's front when clearly it's a family-owned gas station. Yeah. And they're in, like, the boonies of this country. Are they in... Not Budapest. They're in... um, Turkey? I don't remember. I don't remember. But they're in, like, a very remote town. And in remote towns, everybody tends to know each other (laughs) quite well. And who are these two... Uh, Russian slash white women talking. <laughs> yeah, just and sitting here talking to each cash. other, enjoying some beers with no, like, no other party, no yeah. chaperone. Like, just, you know, I, it was odd, right? Yeah, like, there would be, odd. there would be a response. Like, I don't think the kids would be out playing. Yeah. Like, if these strangers in this random town are chilling. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And then the other thing was at the very end, the, the, um, not not the the end credit, but at the mm-hmm. very end, uh, Black Widow rolls up in a motorcycle and then jumps out and then kicks Mason and he wakes up and I'm like he didn't wake up from the sound of the motorcycle, <laughs> but he wakes up because she nudges him. I I don't buy this. <laughs> I, I get that this trope is that he sleeps because he's a, works in a bunch of time zones, but mm-hmm. but they should have done that better. She should have been driving a Prius and like rolled up on him <laughs> sneakily. Also- why wasn't he sleeping in the Quinjet? I have no idea. <laughs> Isn't like, it get, comfortable and, in there? I mean, we've seen the inside of that thing. Yeah. It's pretty state of the art. <laughs> and how how did she not notice it? Like, why yeah. was it? Oh, 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 oh thanks for this surprising this gigantic gift. Quinjet <laughs> <laughs> that all the Avengers are going to fly in one day <laughs> to save the quantum universe. Um, yeah. You know, those. Yeah, I think we can nitpick on those things. And um I, I, I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think in the grand scheme of things, I mean, even, and I, this is probably the last thing I'm going to like contribute mm-hmm. to this part of the conversation, but the whole subway part of them just like going in there. Have you guys been in a subway station when <laughs> anything goes down? I've been in many subway stations in many different countries. Mm-hmm. When the smallest thing goes down, 
everybody turns and no one is just watching to see what goes on you will see them scatter like roaches scatter like, and panic. and there's a shutdown oh, like there's it a gets shutdown. reported to the the metro no. yeah. uh, authorities yeah Especially right, right. in Europe, because it's such a yes. small and enclosed space. Like, do not tell me. And, and there have been plenty of, of, you know, in reality, terrorist attacks yeah. that have happened um, in those areas. So the response time is instant. Yeah. I even think there was a better response time in the Italian job way back in the day with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> <laughs> and Charlize Theron, because I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. And when they shut down Hollywood and Highland right across the street from where you watch Black Widow, mm-hmm. shit goes down. It goes down. It goes down. So, Yeah. That's the last thing I'm going to say about that. But overall, I enjoyed it. (laughs) I think like a a couple of things before we end. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the cap would disapprove of the language. Um, I counted. I counted. Uh, So uh, bitch was said in English once. (laughs) Shit was said in Russian once. uh, And in English three times. Uh, Bullshit was said twice in English. And ass was said three times in English. So um, watch your language. Language. Your mouth cap would disapprove. Um, And I I think really the only other thing that I would want to touch on is I there was some foreshadowing in the beginning with the fireflies, right? In Mm -hmm. regards to like bioluminescence and that sort of like illuminating darkness. And if we think of Dracoff, Mm -hmm. he's operating in the shadows. He's hiding. I think. And then when we talk about the serum, it used light, right? Like it, Mm -hmm. it seemed to sparkle very much similar to the fireflies i thought that was really lovely but i feel like in the writing to the completion something was missed in like connecting that. yes yeah it didn't um, come into full fruition um mm-hmm. and yeah i and they spent so much time on that scene with rachel yeah. wise explaining it to her that mm-hmm. i thought it was going to come up again maybe even in the scene where yelena visits um her grave afterwards Mm -hmm, i would have mm -hmm. liked it to be at night maybe where they would revisit that and then we could see you know fireflies but again it did not happen um it was more symbolic i guess (laughs) yeah definitely foreshadowing for the 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 way the story is supposed to go which is like illuminating this Mm -hmm. this person operating in the dark and in the shadows but i i think it should have it seemed more like it was going to be talking about their sisterly connection and i I agree with you like if we saw the fireflies in regards to like at her grave that would have felt like very healing as part of just grief and loss we we do tend to look for the ones that we've lost and the symbols around us um so i i think there was a a hit and a miss there yeah Um, yeah for sure yeah i definitely agree and i think that you know, minus those little snafus, I think <laughs> Marvel did a pretty good job considering that this is a release, not just in theaters, but also Disney Plus as premiere yes. access again. Mm-hmm. Um, as a big theatrical release, it's pretty hard, but I know that they've done quite well yeah. um, making, I'm not sure, hundreds of millions at this point, 537 yes. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Domestically and internationally, this yeah. is broken, broken the records. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think I think what we expected um, and even broken records in regards to premiere access um, yeah. and, and new subscriptions, uh, totally worth it. Overdue yeah. for this character. Definitely. Um, and really just makes me sad that we aren't going to see her again. I'm mm-hmm. hoping maybe flashbacks yeah. or like a variant. <laughs> Who knows? Like it, like we've said before, the multiverse will probably surprise us in ways that we can't even figure out yet. <laughs> can't even figure out. Yep. 
Well, uh, if you want to hear more about um, Black Widow, go ahead and uh, check out GT Radio's uh, yes. episode where they talk about uh, more of the family dynamics. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that there's much to explore with that, with the dynamic of what is considered a family and what mm -hmm. they define as a family and mm -hmm. what Natasha, all of those people um, go through because of their experience as this undercover family. And yeah, it, it's a must listen to. Yeah. So thank you everybody for listening to Happiest Pod on Earth. Um, I'm Ariel. And I'm Stephanie. And we are Disney fans, but we're so much more. Let us know uh, how much more you are than just a Disney fan by tweeting us at HappiestPodGT or DMing us on our Instagram at HappiestPodGT. Yep, and let us know how you like the movie and maybe some of the things that you noticed or had gripes with also we would love to hear. There is no judgment here. Okay, bye. See you next time.